Hey, Dan. Hey, how's it going, Tanner? Good, how are you? Can you hear me okay? Nuts. Yeah, I can hear you just fine. Awesome. <clears throat> What's going on, man? How, you doing all right today? Oh, yeah, I think so. Pretty nice day outside. Pretty good day at work, so can't complain. I heard that. I'm glad it's Wednesday. Only downhill from here. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Yes, sir. <laughs> what do you What do you do for your day job? Uh, I work at a power plant. I'm a mechanic. Okay, I got there, you. Uh, be uh, 34 years in October. 34 years. <clears throat> oh yeah. I got you. Uh, yeah, I, I knew you were somewhat a mechanic. I see you. You got your hot rods and stuff. You you post stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've been working on that too here lately. Yes, sir. To a certain point, right before deer season, so I'm trying to get it sent off to my brother's house for paint. So getting close. I heard that. Awesome. <clears throat> well, uh, I guess let's just kick things off. Uh, <clears throat> for anybody listening, what would your uh, background be? You know how you got started bow hunting. You know what sequence events led up to that, and how you became a, a staff member on the bow hunter doc crew. Okay. Well, I'll be honest with you. Um, there's really not much like family wise that got me into it. It kind of all started for me. I, God, I was young. I had to be probably eight, nine years old. And we was at my uncle's house and none of my family were bow hunters or basically deer hunters or whatever. But my uncle had heard about, deer hunting and he was telling my dad about he heard you can get up in trees and you know build these stands back that's back in the days where you built your stands you know but uh anyway i'm sitting there and i'm all ears and it's just one of those things that just grabbed my interest and it's one of those things i just never let go of but uh, it was just basically hearing them talk about it and i just knew right away that's that's what i wanted to do you know so just kind of i don't know I talked my dad into taking me when I was 12, and, uh, of course, we didn't know what we was doing, and we just went and built a ground blind, and he sat with me for a few times and didn't do much good, and then after that, he just started dropping me off in the dark, and he'd say, I'll come back and get you at a certain time, and I just kind of took it on my own. I learned everything pretty much on my own, so that's pretty much how I got into bow hunting. It ain't your typical story, but, you know, it's mine. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, I, I've heard tons of stories of, of people saying, you know, their their family used to drop them off at, at uh, on a stump or something and come back and get them at dark. Uh, so did you did y'all start uh -huh. gun hunting or was it all always bow hunting? No, it was it was both for many years. Um, bow hunting's always been my passion, and uh, I've always loved it. But I, I did did gun hunt. I think my last gun hunt was in. I think 2005. I'm pretty sure that's the last time I, I hunted deer with gun. It got to the point where, you know, even it, it just wasn't the same as taking a good one with a bow. And sometimes when I take one with a gun, I, I sit there and I think, well, you know, I had that one close enough. I could have shot that with a bow. And it was just one of those things. I, I just decided just to lay it down. There's nothing at all wrong with it. Don't get me wrong there. And, uh, you know, I'll congratulate anybody on their gun kills, but. I'm a bow hunter. That's just what I like to do. I feel you on that. I, I agree 100. percent I haven't picked up a gun uh, since 2015, and uh, I haven't killed any many as deer. Uh, but it, it's been a lot more fun and uh, a lot more rewarding when I do kill one. Mm -hmm. Sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's there's been times you know where there's some that yeah I could have shot with a gun you know 80 yards or whatever, and people say you know don't don't you regret that? And for me it's no not not one bit. You know I like to get them up close. It's kind of a game so. I like playing that game. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And and it's funny, a lot of times you hear people say, you know, uh, folks that kill big deer, you know, on a, on a regular basis anyways, that uh, the spots that they're hunting, they, they might as well use a bow anyway because it's it's so close quarters that uh, there's no use for a gun, really, unless you have maybe a shotgun or something. Yeah, and a lot of the places I hunt are really thick anyway. So, you know, most of the time I'm 30 and under on most of my shots so it's it's not so much as i can't see 30 yards there might be a hill you know in the way or something some kind of obstacle so yeah it's it's pretty much all up close hunting for me i got you. yeah it seems like you uh hunt a lot of the same type of terrain that i do actually here uh in mississippi uh yeah. just uh thinking back to your high wall stand your access and and how you get to that stand so if you could come Explain kind of the terrain you hunt and how you're accessing some of your spots that you got. Sure. Uh, a lot of the ground around me is old, old coal mine ground. And, of course, back then they had a different way of mining. And when they got done, there would be these rows after row of dirt. So, basically, it's just these long, lumpy rows, and then they change directions every now and then, and different elevations and of course it grew up over 70 80 years you know and uh it's just it could be pretty nasty back there at times to, to get through some of that stuff so i finally come to the conclusion you know i look at maps a lot like a lot of people do and i've got to realize that some of the places that i was going in that would take me you know 40 45 minutes to walk back in that i could get to easily with a boat and it, it would cut my uh walk distance in by you know almost 90 percent and just the the way i was going in of course you eliminated all the scent and bumping deer on the way in right and it's, it's a game changer it really is i mean not all places you know can have water access like that but if you've got one it makes sense it right really does. yes sir I can, I can actually think the spot in mine uh on a piece of public land here it's about a thousand acre block and it's surrounded all by private land and ag and the only way that's possible to get to it legally would be by by some sort of boat or canoe or kayak uh, gotcha. without trespassing. So, And that, that seems to be a lot more, uh, getting a lot more popular these days as far as people getting water access, especially for, for folks going out of state. Almost seems that uh, people look for that type of thing. Yeah, you're 100% correct. That is kind of a trend right now. Yep. And uh, a lot of people figuring out that's the way to go. And, and I've also had deer bedding when I was boating by, and they don't even get up. They just lay there and look at you. Like, you know, what are you What are you doing out there? Right. I and can, I like can attest to that. <clears throat> yep, I've been... So uh, too, huh? Yeah, well, well, I've actually I've uh, witnessed it fishing, uh, maybe uh, crappie fishing or something late in the year. Uh, just uh-huh. deer, they'll let you go right by them in a the boat. It's almost they don't see you as a threat, so... Uh, yeah, and like you said, it's just a it's a lot more uh, low profile. You don't have to worry about spooking anything as far as walking in, scent blowing, whatnot. You just get in and get exactly. out. It's a lot lot more low profile. Yeah, 
I absolutely love doing it. <laughs> yes, sir. So, it sounds, so the terrain you hunt, it sounds like it was man-made? Yes, pretty, pretty much. much. Okay. Yeah. That's... Now, there, there was areas connected to it that was uh, what I call hardwoods, you know, like flatter lands. with uh -huh. uh, uh, Hardwoods is what I'm saying with not a lot of pines. A lot of these strip mine grounds are, I mean, my God, it's, it's at least halfway or 50% or pines probably. So if you find them areas, you know, where you've got the strip mine ground and you're, you're connected to those, you know, the hardwoods, uh, that's an edge. You know, of course, everybody knows that in a transition area and all that. So uh, it's a typical spot where deer cruise those edges and maybe bedding in the, the old strip mine and, you know, cruising out there into the the uh, bottom land. So it's, it, it just makes sense to set up on those places like that. Yeah, that's interesting. I've, I've never heard anybody uh, hunting coal, old coal mine land, which I guess it's, yeah, it's not as probably not as prevalent around where I am. So, uh, <clears throat> I did notice, uh, uh, one property that you hunt was logged this year. Could you maybe, uh, talk a little about, a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah, that one kind of hurt. Um, that particular property, there's 800 acres total and they're out there doing it as we speak right now. They're clear cutting, not just logging. They're clear cutting about 400 acres of that. So, it's knocking that place in half. Yeah. And what I mean by clear cutting, they're, of course, they're t taking the select timber and selling it. But, you know, that's a normal logging process. But what they do here, they take that and they sell it. And then everything else, they just mow it down and mulch it up and ship the mulch out. So they're taking that pretty much down to the dirt. Yeah. Mm. I can feel you're paying 100% on that because uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the deer camps. I'm sure you've heard of it before. Uh, it's, mm -hmm. it's extremely popular here, uh, more of your southern eastern part of the country. Uh, so I, I'm actually in a deer camp of 2,500 acres. It's me and about 30 or so other members. And of course, they've got their kids or, or whatnot. But anyway, uh, they've cut out, they've at least clear cut 300 acres, and they're still select cutting parts of the, the camp too. So and well, what you know exactly what that looks I like. know exactly what you and the, the bad thing about it our deer camp when when people think of a deer camp it's ours is not all one big block of land so we've got uh parts here and, and parts there you know sometimes it's not always connected so it's the one piece may sure. be down the road uh you know and it's just it's not always connected so 200 acres with little bit tough to hunt when you can't connect it all together like that I right yeah it'd be a little bit sound absolutely and and of course <laughs> the the land that we back up to is also other deer camps so it's it's all it's all hunted it's it's actually uh in some areas i would say more pressure than, than public land 100 percent. gotcha because you've got people that that you know your older folks that are retired or whatnot they 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 hunt during the week and then us working folk you know, weekend warriors come in there on the weekends and, and uh, load up the woods. So, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, one, one, 200 acres of that that they clear cut was all one piece, uh, actually furthest away from the camp, I'd say by several miles. <clears throat> and uh, my guess is they're, they're going to try to sell that land now after, after they've come in there and done that. So, yeah, I, I hate to see all those pretty hard woods cut up and 
they just leave it oh, a mess and a wreck and ruts and everything. And uh, oh yeah, I hear you. It's just it. Everybody says it's going to be good in the long run, but it sure hurts right now to see it. Well, it takes years. I mean, right. it may be five years or so before you know the deer really starting to use again. But but in my case, you know, I'm a bow hunter. There's no trees. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm either going to have to ground hunt those areas or, or put up some kind of tripod, you know. There, there's going to be a little bit left. What they're doing, uh, there's swampy areas in some of it, and they're not cutting any of that because it's just too soupy to get in. So there's a lot of small, you know, four, six-inch diameter trees all through that swampy area. But, uh, you know, I got to be able to hunt that somehow. We're, we're looking at ways, and I don't know, I'll figure something out. Yeah. Well, what are what are your expectations for that piece, and how exactly how do you think it's going to affect your season and and other seasons following? I'll tell you the truth. I got mixed emotions. In in one way, I'm kind of excited about it because I'm thinking you know it's going to push a lot of the deer onto the other half of the property. But then again, there's thousands of acres of other properties connected to this property. So, you know, they could end up anywhere. And you know how bucks are. They disperse and they find their own little place. But um, what's got me worried, I'm struggling with trail camera pictures right now. The deer is just so shook up, I just can't get good, consistent pictures because I think they're just trying to find their place right now. Right. But, uh, and it's making it tough. I'm hoping by the season, you know, that'll be settled down a little bit. They're, they're still going to be cutting into the season just a little bit, but... Uh, I don't know. And, and now on the other hand, I look at it as a challenge. I, I like a challenge like that. You know, I, I look forward to going in there, figuring it out. You know, if that don't work, move, you know, figure something else out. And that that's one of the parts of things that I like. I like figuring it out, you know, so I don't know. I'm just going to have to deal with it, I guess. Right. Yeah. Is that the only property that you pretty much hunt or are there other properties that you, that you bounce around to? Uh, there's a few others. Now, uh, just yesterday, as a matter of fact, I went and checked on a, a piece of public ground that I've never set foot on. So um, I'm looking at my maps on hunt stand and everything, and I've got this, you know, I pull up the topo maps on there, and I'm looking at this chunk of ground. It's next to a long water source. And I'm thinking, man, that, that looks good. And uh, so anyway, I go in there yesterday, and I don't take the boat. I'm thinking, I'll just... For now, I'll just hoof it in there, put some boots on the ground, and just go, you know. Right, check but things out. It's a little bit, little bit thicker in there than what I thought it was and hillier, so I didn't quite get all the way back to where I wanted to be. So possibly this weekend I may be throwing the boat in and, and you know, going back the easy way, farther back in, and, and then right back into that area I want to check. So I, I look at other places. Awesome, that sounds good. Where where did you find that Matt shed to uh, that you found the other day? Was that on that property that they're logging? Uh, yeah, uh, actually, one of them. Let's see, one of them. No, actually, they was both right off of it. Um, one of them was on a farmer's ground that I've got permission to go on, and that's the first one I found back in '05. It was actually a year old when I found it, so it had been laying there since '04, and then the. Uh, the match that I found in 17, it was on another private property right next to the ground that I hunt that I did have permission to shed hunt on. So and that put them about 700 yards apart. But, uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. 700 yards apart and, what, 12 years later, you said? What's that now? You said it was 700 yards apart and, and you found the, the match to it, was it 12 years later? Yes, 12 years later. 
Man, that's that's. And, and the crazy part is, I've walked past past that match. I don't know how many times, but it was behind a giant tree, right at the root base, and I was always on the wrong side of the tree every time I shed hunted that area. So that's why I wasn't seeing it. And it's amazing that it laid there that long, and you know, didn't completely get chewed up. Right. I I found that just crazy. Uh, how how well it held up over that many years, honestly. You figure they'd be just oh, yeah. broke down to nothing by then. Yeah, I mean, I found some that's just slivers left before, so it kind of amazed me that that, you know, laid there that long. That buck there, I think I seen him one time, and I actually think he was coming, if that's the right buck. Uh, I had him coming towards me in both seasons, and I was thinking, I had him 60 yards out, thinking I was going to get a shot. And he stopped for some reason. He got nervous. I couldn't figure out why. And then turkey started bailing out of the tree right in front of him. And he got nervous and turned around and left. I never, ever seen him again. But I'm pretty sure this is his shed. Awesome. So, well, you'll have to yeah. get some payback from those turkeys come turkey season. I know I know you like to shoot them, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely love doing that. Awesome. So, uh, do, you, do you have – would you say you have more luck? In, in the early season, or, or would you say a lot of your bucks come from uh, just surprise bucks in the rut? Uh, how many how many bucks do you kill that you normally have history or, or trail cam pictures of? Um, let's see. I'm here, looking here at the wall. Um, I'm looking at one right now. I've got a match set from him from a year before, and I about killed him that year. I mean, this was like at the very end of the season. It had actually went into the next year. We like we go five days overlap into the year. And I found his sheds and I told myself, I'm gonna go in there and kill that buck. And I ended up killing him. <laughs> so that was kind of cool. And of course the one I killed last year, um you probably seen that one on video. I didn't know it when I first killed him but I did have history with him. Uh I had him on trail camera probably three or four years before that and actually about killed him the year before and I didn't even realize it was him until I started going back through video clips. So I had a lot of history of that buck I killed last year. Awesome. Yeah, that, that was an awesome buck. But then again, I've also got some that I've never seen. Nobody else that has the property has seen. Nobody's got pictures of it. Take the one I bolted out, for instance. That, that was a mystery buck. And it was like, where did he come from? You know, I mean, it's just one of those things that nobody knew a thing about that buck. So... Was that the the that, buck that you killed? Was that the the buck was you that, killed two years ago? That that really massive buck? Yeah, yeah. He had that little third beam sticking out down yeah. at the bottom there. Man, that was a cool but, deer. Uh, and it, and it, it almost makes me think that you know that that was the year I boated in for the first time. And it almost makes me think that he was he, he was old, and I just in the back of my mind seemed to think okay. He didn't think anything was up that day, and he actually came out. You know, so I think he's just old and, and very cautious. Yeah, man, that that thing had a head on him like I've I've never seen before. Oh man, you should have seen it in person. <laughs> it was crazy. I can imagine, <laughs> for sure. <clears throat> well, that the, that last year, Buck, I, I know you mentioned you had a, a mock scrape that you set up. Was that mock scrape? Did you shoot that deer over it, or or how? How far from that mock scrape was it where you shot him? No, actually, that plan kind of got foiled. What I done, I went in, I made that mock scrape, and that's a place that I was going to, uh, a, a new spot I was going to bow hunt and bow into that I'd never hunted. 
and uh, that's where I set the mock scrape up. So the day I killed my buck, I think I even said it on video that, you know, if nothing happens today, I was going to boat in tomorrow, you know, back there where that mock scrape was. That was over a mile away. Oh, wow. Okay. And, and so I ended up killing this buck in another spot, and I didn't get to hunt the other spot. You know, so kind of crazy. But I've got that spot ready to go for this year. Right. Okay. And you hunt Indiana. Now, is that a one-buck state? Uh, it is, unless you have an urban spot. They've got what they call urban zone tag. Mm-hmm. It's basically, you know, kind of city deer in a way, I guess, city limits of certain areas. But uh, as of right now, no, I don't. I don't have any of those places I can hunt, so I'm down to one buck. If you've got those, I think, if I'm thinking right on the urban zone, I think you got to kill a doe first to earn the buck tag, I'm, I think. Okay, yeah, I've heard of areas like that. So you, you pretty much have to own or have permission on a, a piece of land that falls in that urban zone in, in order to, to earn a buck tag after killing a doe? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, there's certain zones that you they, they deem urban zones. You know, you can only hunt those zones. <clears throat> I got you. Hmm. I think you asked me a question earlier that I didn't even answer. You, you asked me how I got with the bow hunter die team. Yeah, yeah. Let, uh, let's yeah. let's go over that if, if you don't mind. Yeah, I mean a little bit of a long story, but kind of cool. So years ago, back when forums. You know, your bow hunting forums was still the thing. Social media is pretty much it now. But uh, back then, there was a website, and Todd Graff owned that website. And that's actually what he does for a living. He builds websites. Right. So anyway, it, was, it wasn't just bow hunting only. It was, you know, a little bit of gun hunting, bow hunting. But anyway, I'd start playing around on that forum. And, of course, you get to know people on there, you know, through the forums and the contests and all that. And a guy on there from, I think, Washington State, he made the comment. He said, you know, everybody's on here all the time. <clears throat> it's almost like you know each other. Wouldn't it be cool to all meet at the campground and, you know, you know, just have, have a good weekend. So anyway, everybody was like, yeah, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Well, Todd Graff got wind of it. Well, he's also got um, Coon Creek Hunt Club, and it's uh, northern Illinois, kind of centrally located in the Midwest here, you know. And he said he would uh, sponsor an event. And, you know, hold a 3D shoot, have some giveaways, everybody can camp, you know, close to the campground there. Mm -hmm. So we started doing that. So that's how I met Todd and Justin. And I think that went on for two years. And then the third year, uh, Todd decided that he was going to sell that website. And, uh, but anyway, he went ahead and held the event. It was a little bit smaller that year, but uh, I still went. So that's when he came up with bowhunting.com. And, uh, and then he started the event again. So by that time, I know Todd and Justin pretty good. And they ended up starting the Bowhunter Dive Show, I think, in 2010, if I remember right. Okay. And uh, I thought, man, that's pretty cool. You know, they're, they're all filming their own hunts. And, you know, of course, I love watching it because I knew the guys and everything. And I think 2012 or 13. I thought, you know what, I'm going to get a camera and start just trying to film my own hunts, you know, and my intention was to show the family and friends and, you know, keep the memories and all that. And I ended up getting a camera and I ended up making my first camera arm out of aluminum. I machined it and I posted that picture of that setup on bowhunting.com. 
And next thing you know, I get a message from Justin Czar. And he, he said, hey, he said, you're going to film. He said, if you get anything good, would you mind if we, you know, use your content for the show? And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool, you know. But uh, then he also said, well, you know, we do have sponsors, but and you know, you, you should be using a little bit of this gear if, if you've got it. And I already had, you know, about 90% of what they was using anyway. Right. And uh, one thing led to another, and they ended up asking me to come on the team. I think they knew I was already pretty proficient at killing critters with a bow because I knew them for a while. You know, they seen some of the stuff I've posted over the years. Yeah, that and, helps. Uh, they took a gamble. They took a gamble on me on my filming abilities, so, uh, and that's how I got with them, and I've been with them ever since. So, so pretty much since, since it started. Mm-hmm. I think they was about two years in. When, you know, when I got on, so. I got you. That's awesome. <clears throat> you mentioned uh, Todd having Coon Creek Hunt Club. Is that uh, is that a, a spot he still hunts today, or, or is that uh, like a, a lease type well, thing with other folks? What it is, they, uh, I think they do, do pheasant hunts there. Okay. They, they do pheasant hunts, and I think he's got some property of his own that he bow hunts on there. And also, he now he has a really state-of-the-art gun range in the facility. And I think they teach uh, uh, firearm safety and shooting there at the range. It's, it's a really cool setup. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I've seen them wear the, the Coon Creek hunting club uh, hats and stuff in the show, and I've always wondered what, what that was about. So now I know. Mm-hmm. I got you. That's what it is, exactly. <laughs> So when 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 the when Todd held these events at first, how many people would you say uh, went to that versus how many come to it now? And is that in Illinois where, where they hold that at? Yeah, he's up around. Um, let's see, uh, it was in Huntley, Illinois. Okay, and not too far from Rockford and areas like that. But uh, I'm guessing, God, I'm guessing this is just a guess. I'm thinking around 100 people, maybe a little over 100 would come to the event and it was a good time but you know it was a lot of work for him it yeah. really was and uh you know of course he, he does all kinds of stuff so trying to put something like that together was was really hard and uh we ended up you know we at the same time we would do a staff meeting while we was there um we started out doing that somewhere else and then of course there was the event too and then uh, finally he decided it was just too much trouble to do them both so uh, you know, he just quit doing the event, and now we just hold our staff meeting there every year in June, and kind of make a plan for what we're all going to do, and you know, have a good time with all the all the teammates there. I got you. That sounds like a like a fun th- deal. <clears throat> oh yeah, a good bunch of guys to hang around with. It really is. Yeah, you seem to be one of the the fan favorites, and uh, I can definitely attest to that. It's just you're. You seem a, a lot more relatable than, than most folks uh, you see on, on the TV or, or YouTube. Just a down-to-earth, blue-collar type of guy that everybody can relate to. And uh, honestly, I'm, I'm surprised. You said this is your first first podcast, first time you've been asked on. <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, I appreciate that. I really do. I uh, just try to be me. You know, and, and I, I'm just trying to show people what I love doing. And, yeah, absolutely, this is my first podcast. First time I've ever done one. So uh, That honestly is honestly is surprising, and, I, and, and so am I. This is my, 
I just started this podcast. This this be the first one I'm recording, so I'm I'm still fresh out of the gate. So if I if I seem like a newbie, just uh, disregard it and f- forgive me. Hey, we're both newbies on this one, man. <laughs> Heard that? Do, do you listen to podcasts? Honestly, believe it or not, I don't. I mean, uh, I don't know. I just I'm one of those guys that like to watch a video when I hear people talking about it. That's just me, and I know that's the thing right now. But uh, honestly, I, I just honestly never did. I just never did listen to podcasts. I got but you. I know it's a big thing, and a lot of people talk about it all the time. I think it's one of those things I need to just sit down and listen to one, and I'd probably be hooked. I think you should, because I, I I was the yeah. same way two years ago. I just, uh, if I wanted to, to learn or, or research something, I would just look on YouTube or something like that. And there's really a lot of things, you know, on podcasts, people you, you've heard about or you've seen. Uh, and just, mm-hmm. just so much detail you can go into over a podcast. And, uh, I found a lot of value of it myself. There, there's tons of them I listen to. As a matter of fact, I, I hardly ever listen to music anymore. If I'm in a vehicle driving somewhere or, uh, just bored or in between things, I'll, I'll listen to a podcast and, and pass the time and, and I, I really enjoy it. So, you know, I hear a lot of people say the same thing, that they don't do the music much anymore. They just listen to podcasts on the way to work or whatever, you know. So, yeah, I, I, I need to try it. You know, I'm always up for something new. I just haven't stepped in and done it yet. It's all yeah. amounts to. It ain't because I tried it and I didn't like it. You know, I just haven't started in it yet. But I promise you I will. I'll, I'll give her a good go. <laughs> okay. I, and I've got a few I can actually uh, put you on to maybe. uh that I think you like. Uh, there, there's certain uh, even episodes uh, on some podcasts that I, I even go back and listen to because uh, I, I just find so much uh, value in them. <clears throat> but gotcha. yeah, I, 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 there's so much, you know, just BS and politics stuff. Just every time you turn on the radio or uh, even internet radio or whatever, uh, I, oh, just, I, I just I just put on a podcast and, and think about deer. Ain't nothing wrong with that, buddy. Nothing at all. I got you. <clears throat> all right. Well, uh, I guess this is all the all the time I'll take for you from you today. Uh, but if if you don't mind, uh, maybe we we can talk on some turkey closer to turkey season. If you wouldn't mind that. Yeah. I've actually That's never no never bow hunted turkeys in my life. I've uh. Last year, well, two years ago, I, I just started getting into turkey hunting. Uh, my father-in-law and my wife, they love it actually more than deer hunting. And uh, uh-huh. this year, I was able to take my first turkey by myself calling. So I was, uh, I feel pretty All accomplished right. by that. Congrats on that. Oh, yeah. Right yeah, it, it's extremely fun and, and not not like any other thing I've done, so. Yeah, well, I can tell you right now, if you if you you get one with a bow, you're probably going to be hooked. It's a different deal, man. It's it's pretty cool. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. But I I just stuck with a shotgun last year just to get my feet wet, and uh, I'm glad I did because the, the turkey I shot was actually 50 yards, and well between 40 and 50. I don't I don't know exactly, but uh, it was on top of a ridge, and and he was not coming down. He wanted that hen to come to him, and and. As soon as he got in the clear, I, I took the shot. So he actually, he walked away uh, the first time, and I was able to work him back, and I, I couldn't believe he came back after he walked away. Oh, he was committed. Yeah, so he 
And the funny thing about that morning, I was actually set up on another turkey uh, that I knew about in the area, but there was actually a creek between him and I that I didn't know about. Uh, it was just so thick in there. And thankfully, I was, I was able to get on another one behind me. He gobbled. The first time he gobbled, he was, I'd say, uh, I don't know, a, a good five, 600 yards away. I, I could just hear him gobble. And uh, oh, yeah. the more I would work the one in front of me, I noticed the closer this one behind me would get. Well, finally, the, the one I was working in front of me shut up, so the one behind me kept getting closer. So I just turned around the tree, and uh, it worked out for me that morning. But Heck, yeah. You got to yep. make it happen. Yeah, my first turkey, that was actually my first turkey, and the, the first thing uh, I got on film. So I, I just started filming last turkey season as well, so. Oh, nice. Yes, sir. Well, definitely don't make it your last. Definitely get out there and do it some more. Oh, I definitely plan to. Yeah, it's, it's uh, my wife, she, she killed her first uh, deer last year with a bow, and I was able to get that on my cell phone camera. I figured, you know, this is pretty fun, and, and I enjoy going, yeah. being able to go back and review the footage, slow it down, zoom in, right. you know, and uh, so I, I stayed with my phone, you know, just videoing some stuff last year and, and we got got 40 yards within a buck last year and and he wouldn't come any close and a bobcat actually messed us up but her oh, her her max distance is 30 yards at the moment and of course she's shooting you know lower poundage of course and uh yeah about a 500 grand area so she her her comfort zone is about 30 yards max so i was I was really hoping he'd he'd work in, and I think he would have if that bobcat hadn't messed us up. But oh yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, I, I got hey, me a. Another, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just gonna say another good thing about the filming is actually reviewing your shot. You know, a lot of a lot of times a hunter will say I made a perfect shot, but that's what he's seeing in his head. You know, he or she or whatever. But if you film something, sometimes what you think was that perfect shot, you go back and look at that footage, you're like okay, I need to back out and wait a little bit because your mind tells you one thing, but what you actually see on film might be another. So it, it's a good tool for that. Right. I agree 100%. Everybody thinks they made a perfect shot when they hear that arrow hit. So, Oh, you hear it all the time. Yeah, me, me including. So, <laughs> But, yeah, I, I picked up a, a camera. I got a, a Sony AX33. Uh, actually, I got it. It was on sale at Best Buy. And I was able to catch it on an open box sale as well. So I got it more than 50% off, uh, wow. which is an extreme. It's like a $600 camera at the time or something like that. I was, I was able to get it around three. So that's, that's a good, good deal right there. Yes, sir. And I, I just picked up a, a GoPro a, a seven and uh, yeah, I really like your, your setup there actually gave me a good idea. I, I love that view uh, from your GoPro footage of, capturing the whole thing you pulling back and working the camera and shooting the deer and the follow-up that's uh that that was that's a really good it shot is, i like cool that people get to see exactly what goes on up there you know a lot of times you don't get to see a whole aspect of everything that's happening you know and unfortunately i did miss part of that on on all the footage the, the first buck that i i had come through that i shot i wasn't ready i didn't have the camera on didn't have the gopro on nothing i had that first buck at 15 yards and People didn't quite get to see that on film because I didn't have none on. 
but he was working out and I was trying to get that shot and that's when this other buck showed up and everything changed. So, but, uh, yeah, you don't always get it, but it sure is cool when you do. Oh yeah. And I, I, I'm, I'm pumped for this year. I, I can't wait. I got me, a, I got one of those, uh, Lone Wolf Custer Gear camera arms. So, uh, okay. not trying to get the, you know, most professional footage, but just something, you know, just to look back on and, and show my kids one day and, Thought it'd yeah, be cool. Exactly. So that's why we do it, right? And I'm, your, your your first first year using it, it's going to be a learning curve. I can tell you that now. And but what'll happen? You'll you'll finally figure out a system, and it'll make everything easier. And you'll of course, like everything, you'll learn from your mistakes. But you just try to make it better the next time. You know, that's all you can do. That's it. That's correct. So, all right, man. Well, I I really appreciate you taking the time today and and doing this with me. Uh, no problem. And, and like I said, maybe we can do another one come turkey season. So, Yeah, definitely hit me up on that. So with that being said, anybody listening, I hope you have a fantastic season. And most of all, be safe and have fun out there doing what you do and enjoy it. So that's all I got, man. Awesome, man. I, and I, I wish you luck, too. Okay, I appreciate it. All right. I look forward to seeing you this season on, on Bow Hunter Die. Okay, and good luck to you, buddy. All right, thanks, man. See you, Tanner.